Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by all of the extremely awesome people who donate to the show on a monthly basis using our Patreon page. If you would like to be one of these fantastic individuals, visit patreon.com slash froggy style. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. You can donate as little as $1 per month or as much as $50 per month. If you do donate the minimum amount, which is $1 per month, which is only $12 per year, you will gain access to a bunch of bonus content. You get early access to certain interviews, and you also gain access to the Big Think bonus series, as well as the Tales from the Tabletop live sessions. All of this is bonus audio content for only $1 per month. I will have... The link for our Patreon page in the episode notes. It'd be awesome if you would check it out. And I would just like to say thank you to all the people who are currently supporting the show through Patreon. You guys are the best. If you're fans of the show, consider signing up for our email list. Visit fsproductions.ca. It's the first thing you're going to see on the homepage when you do visit fsproductions.ca. You just type in your email into the little bar, hit subscribe. It takes less than one minute, and bam, you're signed up for the email list. The email list will keep you up to date with all of the podcasts as well as automatically entering your name into any giveaways that take place. And the giveaways usually include things like CDs and merch and T-shirts and stickers and all that kind of stuff from local bands. Like, for example, uh, our guest today... On this episode of the podcast, Iron Tusk has provided us with vinyl and cassettes as well as stickers and pins to give away to our listeners. So if you sign up for the email list, you are automatically entered into all of the giveaways that take place. Also, while you are at fsproductions.ca, just check out the website. There are articles and blog posts, and that's where all the other podcasts podcasts do get posted. So yeah, check out fsproductions.ca. Also, why not, while you're there, check out my other podcast, This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. This Is Your Brain on Podcasts is a conversation-based podcast where I sit down with usually one or two people and we just have a conversation for two-ish hours. We cover topics such as politics, um, pop culture, sports, 
psychedelics, religion, basically whatever you can think of, we probably cover it in This Is Your Brain on podcasts. So check it out. It's available everywhere that Groove Talk is available. On this episode of Groove Talk, I am joined by Carlin in the studio as well as Marty over FaceTime. And they make up two-thirds of the band Iron Tusk. Carlin has been on the show before, and this was Marty's first time on the show. Um, The last time Carlin was on the show, we talked about Iron Tusk a little bit, but this time we really delved deep into the band and their creative process and stuff like that. Um, We talk about the revival of the cassette tape, as well as where the band gets inspiration for certain songs. And we also talk about how building a strong community and supporting local businesses and talents and bars is only good for everyone involved um, and why you should be doing that. We also talk about their highly anticipated upcoming single, The Burning. And that will be released today alongside this podcast. And you can catch or you can listen to The Burning at the end of the episode. Um, I will have links for where you can purchase that in the episode notes. I highly recommend you check it out. It's really awesome. And that song, that single, will be added to their last album or EP, um, Dark Spirit. And they will be doing a re-release of Dark Spirit with this new single on it. And you will be able to purchase cassettes for that in August, I believe, in the middle of August. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Groove Talk with Carlin and Marty from the band Iron Tusk. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. So welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this week's episode, I am joined by Carlin and Marty over FaceTime. (laughs) And uh, they uh, make up the band, or are two-thirds of the band, Iron Tusk. Yeah, uh, our guitar player, Ty McGuire, unfortunately wasn't able to make it today, so we just had to make it work with what we have. I'm here in the flesh. Marty's on the screen. (laughs) Ty is out. Vancouver. Yeah. Ties out being a, being a husband. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, right? <laughs> well, especially when it's like plus 30 outside. I mean, you gotta live a little, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's hot. Um, so, yeah, what is, uh, I guess, what's Iron Tusk? Been, like, you were on the podcast about a year ago, Carlin. Yeah, last May I was pushing uh, Moments Fest at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of talked about everything. Yeah. So what's Iron Tusk been up to since then, I guess? 
I'll start, and I'll let Buddy add on. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we just dropped a 7-inch back in March, and we've been kind of... We haven't really been touring, but we've just been doing a lot of shows, like, around Calgary and kind of, like, in the prairies and keeping ourselves available. So we did our... Uh, we had a weekend where we we played Medicine Hat, and then we played Calgary for our release show. And... Uh, after that, yeah, we just kind of hit the road. We went to Edmonton, we went to Banff, uh, we went to Saskatoon, and we've played a couple of sweet shows in Calgary as well. So, just really promoting our uh, seven inch because vinyl is expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you got to like we we've already made back all the money we've invested into our record. So, just kind of making ourselves available and just reinventing ourselves as we go. Cool. Anything to add? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just been, uh, we figured that, um, well, we used to practice all the time, but uh, we got more used to our songs, so we're kind of used to be on the road, I guess. So uh, that's made us more sort of consistent on the road. Don't have to worry about, you know, being, uh, oh, what, what are we going to play, or what's this, or we just do it. So we've always been used to that. <laughs> Yeah, we take what we can get, and I mean, we're not like, we have a schedule where we have to jam three times a week or twice a week. We just kind of do it, do what we want to do on our terms, and <coughs> it's not the worst thing if someone can't make a jam or if we can't do it. Yeah. But we make it work, and uh, like we, we, uh, we're not here to waste any of our time, anyone's time. Like I have, I have a job. I have children, I have another band, I have a partner. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh my part my, my my band guys, they got family and you know, they got stuff going on. So like we're not here to like waste anyone's time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess is this like the first kind of tour that you guys have uh or I guess is this the first out of town shows that you guys have started playing or well, I mean, like, we, uh, in our first year, because we're in year two of this band. Okay. So, year one, we uh, recorded music before we started playing. Hmm. And we we dropped an EP, and we were doing, like, we, yeah, we were already traveling. Like, I mean, I've been doing shows forever in other bands, and we, we hit the road. We were, like, doing Red Deer and Medicine Hat, uh, Saskatoon. So, like, it wasn't like, I think we already knew what we were doing. The first year. Yeah. And then the second year is the same thing, you know, w- what we know and just continued on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess how do you guys, how do you balance like family life and home life and then band life? Well, communication is key. I always have to refer back to the group chat with the boys and yeah. the same thing. I think we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're always on the move. So um, it's like we'll play a show and then all of a sudden uh, Carl will get a good gig and then we just kind of jump at it. But I think a lot, a lot of people around us are starting to get used to that idea of us being on a, on a move so much. And Carl is already on a move. So... Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Not a lot of people are used to that 
kind of lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just try to try to stay consistent yeah. and keep ourselves busy. And we really, yeah. we really have to like uh, schedule everything and be prepared. Yeah. Like I'll tell these guys, okay, I'll be there to pick you up at this time. Usually about a half hour late, but <laughs> <laughs> you know we we communicate that way, and uh, everything has to be like structured for the day. Even when you're like on the road too, we uh, we went out to Saskatoon. And we we were we had a a lobby call at nine a.m. and we were home by two in the afternoon to enjoy the rest of the weekend with oh, our family. Wow. You know, yeah. So we're not we're not out to like party and you know waste a weekend away. Yeah, waste life away. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you guys are like really committed to the music. Then it sounds like like a lot of like you know some bands they form and they get together and they're in it like almost strictly for the partying you know it's an excuse to go out and get together with your friends and play music and get drunk and stuff it sounds like you guys are more aimed towards like the music side of things well now we are i mean yeah. we're maturing we're we're all like mid-20s now yeah, yeah i mean when we're all 18 it's a different story mm -hmm. but at this point in our uh our journey we've we have values now and we're all you know, I think we know what we want, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, it's cool to hang out with friends and have fun, but I think we're all very, we're all mellow now, uh, our bass player is kind of, he's the one that likes to have a lot of fun, and, you know, like, I think, <laughs> you know, like, don't get me wrong, we, we, we've, you know, we've, we have, we have a lot of friends, and we like to hang out with people, so, yeah. But for the most part, yeah, we, we like to keep it, we treat it like a business, I guess, you know? Okay. So there's the music, there's the travel, there's the merchandising, and then there's the social media, like marketing and stuff. So there's, it's not just one component of being in a band. Yeah. It's like a formula of everything else. Yeah. 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 That's like, honestly, <laughs> that's one of the things that like surprised me the most uh, about doing something creative is all the other aspects of it that there is it's not just doing the creative thing it's you do have to treat it like a business if you want it to be successful and uh i think a lot of people see that and they're like oh well like you know i don't want to do the social media thing or promotion thing because and then that just kind of like i don't know it's like that you ha in today's day and age is what you have to do basically <laughs> hey man, if you're gonna be on the podcast, sit in one place. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, yeah, uh, no, what you said, like, we're all, like, we've known each other for well, well over 10 years, so mm -hmm. we're all comfortable with, like, being honest, and sometimes it can be cool, it can be bad, but we're all brothers like that, you know? Yeah. So I have no problem, like, giving my band members shit and they. I'm sure they don't have a problem giving me shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess what's one of the th hardest things about being in a band for you guys? I'll let this guy answer that. <laughs> uh, I think when we start getting down to writing, we need a very... Um, sometimes we butt heads. We used to butt heads back in the day, but we kind of realize what we all like and stuff. So we need, we just need good chemistry, but, uh, 
I think that was the hardest part to get over, just starting to write songs and where we wanted to take them. Yeah. And like being more open, being more open-minded because like we all have different musical backgrounds, but just kind of like finding what works. And, uh, you know, sometimes some people don't get along writing music. So yeah. we try to all be open-minded about it. And uh, for the most part, it works. Yeah. yeah. And like another struggle is, uh, I, I mean, uh, the travel, you know, sometimes like I live in, I live in Strathmore and my guitar player lives in Strathmore. He lives in, on the reserve. So sometimes we'll, we'll have to drop him off and then we'll have to go home. So it's kind of like a lot of late nights yeah. as well. And then like, I almost fell asleep on the wheel the other night cause I was so tired, huh. but, uh, no, that's like, we're not, a, we try to pack it in early and I mean, yeah, it's. We're not we're not that kind of band that wants we're not like super upset if we're playing to like five people or two people. Yeah. We we have fun, you know, and it's uh I it's just a big learning experience, you know. And the struggle I think just getting on stage is is a big deal, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um just the fact that you are taking something that is your like baby or whatever you know like putting yourself out like there like that and playing music to people in itself is very brave in a way do you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely yeah. um do you guys uh do you still like struggle with performing on stage or have you kind of gotten used to it our stage show is very like physically demanding and yeah. uh my bass player here like there's shows where his hands are bloody because he's having a great time <laughs> you know like even like i think our, our our stage performance is it's very physically demanding yeah and like very like a lot of the venues we play in are small so it's like you're you're dying on stage from like heat exhaustion and you know you're you're doing all this other crazy stuff you're just trying to get through the set yeah because sometimes like for me sometimes i'll like blow all my like Waste all my energy on the first three songs, and I'm like dead for the rest of the set. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, buddy. Can you add to that? But like being on stage and all that. Um, it's hot. It's loud. I think we wrecked the speakers at the McHugh house. <laughs> uh, so um, hopefully they got their damage deposit back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, out. It's sweaty, but it's very demanding. It's it's probably the most. Um, it's one of, one of the, Iron Test is probably one of the bands where I've uh, done a lot of. How would I say? Got a lot of more stage performance out of myself, eh? And then Carl would, uh, you know, he's been playing shows more than us, eh? So. He, he knows the rule, what to do, and then uh, we just keep the ball rolling, keep the ball rolling. He yeah. tells him to shut up when I keep going on the mic. It's <laughs> 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 a big learning experience, but we play a lot of stages, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun next couple shows. Even like, okay, I'll tell you a funny story about uh, struggling on stage. <laughs> we uh, So we had a show at East Town Get Down mm-hmm. back in May. 70 bands, like, before, I don't know, maybe, like, what, eight different venues. We uh, we started our day early. We had a good slot at 10 p.m. 
So we said, uh, let's go to Pin Bar and try that sandwich to forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like looking at Instagram, looking at pictures of it, and we we're all like super confident about it. Yeah. We we're like, okay, we if we if we can get this eat this sandwich, we'll get like a free meal, yeah. and we'll get like a we'll be like on a poster or something like that for the bar. But so we we arrive, and we're all confident, and even like the staff are like. Oh, you know, they make us lose some money this evening. <laughs> and, like, we're all super stoked about it. Yeah. <laughs> we get the food, and it's, like, unbelievable. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, I've ate a lot in my life. My my band members have, too. Yeah. So we go into We have 30 minutes. It's this big platter. It's, like, I can't even describe it. But if you follow Pinbar on Instagram, look up uh, the Forget About It. It's, yeah. a, it's a challenge. And... Yeah, like we just got humbled. We got humbled. So <laughs> like it was, it was literally physically and mentally, emotionally damaging to me. <laughs> like, uh, and and to top it off, we have a. Sh- it, it's it's like, it's like plus twenty five out. Yeah, we're playing like a small venue, so we have like maybe. This was five o'clock in the afternoon. We play at ten o'clock, so we have about five hours to recover. And yeah, you know, like. I don't know if you ever like all went out at a buffet or anything and you feel crazy after. Yeah. It was that feeling and then having to play a show after was probably yeah. the worst struggle we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe wouldn't recommend to eat, try that challenge before yeah, playing yeah, a like, challenge. Don't eat before you play out. <laughs> that's, that's what we usually do. So um, I, let's talk a little bit about the East Town Get Down because that was kind of a new cool thing that happened this year. Yeah, like uh, we've been, we've uh, always tried to make ourselves committed to, you know, helping Graham with major minor in any way possible. Yeah. Sorry, I'm calling him back. No worries. <laughs> but uh, so we've ne- we'll never say no to a show that he asks us to do. Yeah. And uh, long story short, uh, we kind of we didn't like really confirm. We were just on the poster, and we we're just like, okay, well, yeah. Oh, really? Let's do it. <laughs> He mentioned he might have mentioned to me and I might have said yeah, but I I was like, of course we're gonna do it. And like we we, we played the salsa restaurant and it was like all the heavier punk rock and metal bands. So we play, uh we got ten o'clock and yeah, it was just a great time. It was so much fun. Like it was I don't know, I just felt I felt like a strong sense of pride for Calgary and even just to have it out in Forest Lawn, you know, like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions about Forest Lawn, but believe me, that day it was a community. That yeah. day, there were children there, there were family there, there were people just having a good time, you yeah. know. For any kind of music, it was there to accommodate you. Yeah, yeah, and like it's really cool that uh, it was put together by pretty much just like it was all local bands. Yep. And like it was like, like all local venues, all local bands, and like that was something that was really cool. I thought and like. <laughs> Really unique, actually. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think about East Town Get Down? Um, sweaty again. <laughs> sweat out. Uh, it was a very bad idea to uh, try that challenge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was very, you know, it was very fun. It was different. And um, well, we we played, of course, a small venue, but then it was it felt like we we're it was more. We're playing for pretty much that whole street, and then people are walking in, and it, it was very fun. Met some new friends, met some lost cousins, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we had a lot of fun. We'll do it again. 
And what was really cool about it was, uh, like, we're, we don't categorize ourselves as an indigenous rock band. You know, we're just we're just a band that will play any show with whoever. Yeah. But they had a stage that had uh, a lot of, like, indigenous hip-hop and uh, DJs and dancers. So it was cool for, to see them stumble down to our stage and watch us. Like, just show the support. We did the same for them. And, like, I mean... But the show we played was awesome. Like, we had a lot of our friends on the bill on our stage. And, yeah, like, even just the volunteers, seeing them there, like, excited to be there. And, like, I couldn't imagine what uh, Graham McKenzie was going through because having to be, like, a million places at once. And uh, But he did a good job. And, I, like I said, I had no complaints about the festival. Yeah. I, I didn't get to try crocodile, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and like, I mean, the, I think the last band was on at like two in the morning or something like that. Yeah. So tried to stay as late as I could, played some bowling and there's some bands I like never, never seen in my life. And, you know, I just, it was just, uh, I was opening up my, my musical library in my head, you know, I was just seeing cool bands. I, like a lot of indie bands, a lot of bands that I would never go see. Yeah. So it's cool to be a part of that. Yeah. Is there any specific ones that you can like name off the top of your head? Or? Uh so one of the bands for me that did really cool was uh obviously uh, well the dudes seeing the dudes play the border crossing was cool. Yeah. Like you see them playing all these other cool venues, but to see them playing the border crossing that was that was fun. Uh Citizen Rage, they're like a hardcore band. Uh yeah. They played the bowling alley. Um Club ninety three. Class of 93, super yeah. cool band. So much energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can't remember. There's like there's like a hip-hop guy. Like I can't remember his name, but he was just like rapping about like... He's just being a real rapper, you know what I yeah. mean? So like stuff like that and acoustic. A lot of the acoustic acts were really good too. Yeah, yeah. it was cool that there was so much like uh, diversity on the bill. Like you had hip-hop acts, you had heavy metal acts, you had punk acts, you had like acoustic acts like yep. it was yeah. just cool to see that like almost every corner of calgary's music scene was like represented yeah in this one festival and i heard he wants to like expand and like do like 150 bands next year oh. so and, I, and I, I i i'm confident that he'll he'll make it bigger oh yeah for sure we'll we'll be there yeah supporting him yeah another like graham mckenzie gets a lot of shout outs on this oh, show yeah. but <laughs> yeah. another shout out to graham mckenzie for like putting things together in calgary yeah go to, go to a show yeah. We actually, uh, we confirmed to play, uh, what's it called again? The Heavy something? The Lotto? the Lotto? Lotto, he's like doing some cool thing at the end of August. Oh, yeah, yeah, his new, like the new initiative yeah, for the Major new logo. Mo- yeah, 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 so yeah. We're gonna like play, well, we can't tell you what we're gonna play, but we're gonna do something really different for that set, so. Cool. Either it's gonna be really fun, or it's gonna fail horribly. <laughs> You know, we're okay with failing. We don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> We've all fallen on our faces before. Yeah. As any great musician, I think, needs to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess for the people who are listening who don't know, uh, I was one, uh, what does Iron Tusk kind of sound like, if you could describe it? I know most musicians hate that question, but... <laughs> okay, buddy, I'll go first and you go second, okay? Okay. From <laughs> okay, first you're gonna need to bring earphone earplugs because it's really loud. Yeah, and like we we're all like our 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 hearing is like really messed up. But like it's more like I don't know. Uh, 
people said we're more like doomy, but then we're like hardcore, and then we're like punk, and then we're kind of in between everything else. But it's I, I'm just gonna say like heavy music. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, buddy. I explained this to one listener. I said if you if you buy weed, uh, we're that good shit, but faster. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, but so That's what we are. like we're not stoner rock, or we're more like what would I say again? Medical marijuana rock or something like that. <laughs> more like that. It's like prescribed music, like. It's good for your soul and your bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I when I first listened to Iron Tusk, at least uh, it was a while ago. But what I the kind of vibe I got from it was kind of like it reminded me a lot of Mastodon. Honestly, it was like you know kind of heavy heavy rock, but like also kind of cool and not psychedelic, but like different, like progressive almost. So. That's the vibe I got, at least when I first listened to Iron Task. <laughs> yeah, like we're always trying to like redo like different song structure and always trying to do something different. You know, you don't want to keep writing the same music yeah. album after album, and that's that's exactly what Mastodon does. I mean, like that's yeah. one of my favorite bands, and I know my my other guys in the band love that band. But we also like I've always wanted to do like a heavier, doomy sludge band, so. This is kind of like, it fills that void in me, but I also get to, there's also like other stuff that Buddy and Ty like, so we just, we, we, we make it work and bring it all together. We have our slow parts, our fast parts, our weird parts, and anything in between. Cool. Yeah. Um, so just, I guess, how does the songwriting process kind of work for you guys then? Well, Buddy and Ty do all the, they do all the lyrics and everything, and like, they can write it about anything. And Buddy's a really great songwriter. He has a lot of his own he has his own solo project. He does a lot of like acoustic stuff and a lot of a lot of like iron, some of the Iron Tusk songs are Buddy actually wrote. So we just kinda spiced them up a little. But in terms of song structure, we usually Well Buddy, explain the process of, of how we put our EP together. Well, I, me and Ty will present the riff and then so eighty percent of our riffs will get kicked get the boot so probably 403 will make it and then (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah um we had to learn how to i I i'll say this we have to learn how to write as bad because before uh i would say it was my way or it was ty's way but we kind of learned to kind of say hey carlin do you have any ideas ty and we'll kind of go around the room like that eh? so we would uh, get the ideas down, practice them, like practice a lot, and then we'll go into the studio and put it down like 11 hours. <laughs> and that's how the Dark Spirit, Dark Spirit uh, EP came out. So, and what we did is we took the whole month of September of last year. So every weekend we spent, uh, every Sunday we spent about three hours writing. So for about four weekends, we wrote the EP. And then on the last weekend, we we had it all down. We had all the like the, the scratch tracks down or whatever. Uh, we had a really early day, like six in the morning. Arrived at the studio about eight o'clock and went till about nine o'clock. Was it nine o'clock? It was. It was like twelve hours, thirteen hours, right? Yeah, and we're 
even though we we finished drums and guitars, we're still writing. We're still writing the lyrics. And then, yeah. So me and Ty were going through the lyrics, and as we record, we'll we'll change a little here and there and stuff. We'll hear it back. But you know, this is the most uh, uh, time in a band where I don't. I didn't have that much pressure on my shoulders to write a song where. I feel more relaxed so, as a bassist, as a singer. Yeah, and like uh, like I said, we had a, we had a long day. We started at eight a.m. I was done my drums by like ten o'clock. They had uh, their parts to do. I was I was there. I wasn't like I don't I don't want to say I was a producer, but I was just there to like support them or discourage them. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy we recorded with, uh, he's a an old punk rocker, James Stanley, Ghost Iron Studios. He he's like we're like he's like a, he's like the fourth member of the band kind of in a way we're super comfortable with each other. He he's a hunter, so he has he had a buddy who was like writing lyrics holding a rifle. It was pretty funny. <laughs> 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 and yeah, like uh, it, it about a month. We uh, put the EP out. We sat on it for what September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months. We didn't put it out right away. We yeah. wanted to promote it, promote it, and like getting uh getting vinyl. It's a really long process. Yeah. So we had the artwork ready. Uh, we got our vinyl. We got our records like a couple weeks before our release show. And yeah, like we just promoted promoted it for six months. Well, we sat on it for a couple months. Then we started promoting in like December, and you know promoting it for like. Yeah, three months and yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. So uh, I guess, like, what made you decide to go with vinyl then specifically? I think it was like one of those bucket list things for me. Yeah, and like, it's coming back. You know, yeah. Sunrise Records is like in every mall now. Yeah, there's still Sloth Records, Record Land, all this uh, Hot Wax. So it's a uh, people like it. They want a physical copy. Yeah, you know. And then there's digital music like Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp. Yeah. You just got to have everything, yeah. not just one one thing. Yeah. We even have cassette too, so it's yeah. pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, d- I definitely agree about like the vinyl coming back though. Um, and as I get older, I guess, and more and more into music, it's just, uh, it's something that I like more and more is having a physical copy of that album. Uh, whether it be vinyl or CD or whatever it may be, like, because then all the music is there and it's not you're not just like picking and choosing ones. Because I'm a real like album guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I like to listen to albums completely and like I don't like just like picking songs off albums and stuff. So maybe that's why I appreciate vinyl and CDs and stuff a lot more. But definitely. Yeah. And like I've collected vinyl for the past five years, and it's like. Okay, when am I gonna have my my band's music on it? Yeah. You know, and you know we we value what we do, and it just kind of adds more of a. It, you kind of leave a legacy behind, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because you, you look at all these old records, like from like the seventies and eighties, they're still around, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm, my box of seven inches will still be in my basement in ten years, but yeah, we got we, yeah we did we did get three hundred press. I think we sold like hundred fifty of them. Oh so, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, especially like for like vinyl, like it like, but yeah, I know what you mean. I just honestly I inherited my 
dad's old record collection just oh, recently yeah. there's a lot of really good like old vinyl in there like fleetwood mac and like pink floyd and stuff yeah and, yeah yeah like a lot of the older people back home where we where we come from they 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 they're, they know what vinyl is too because that's all they had back then too and cassette yeah. and like buddy's uh family like they're a musician family and like i work with his uncle and he's like yeah i had all these records and like so it's it's there, you know. Mm. It means more than having a CD, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Someone called. Um, so I guess like I've noticed that a lot of people, especially like in Calgary, at least, they're kind of moving towards cassettes. Like, why do you think that is, buddy? Cassettes. Yeah. Um. Because it's well, if you're in a pen band, it's cheaper in a way, yeah. and you could say, hey, you know, here's a tape, play it back, and yeah. But uh, Carl, <laughs> I think like uh, for us, our first cassette was like a, we actually got really creative and had like a really it wasn't just like your standard tr- traditional black one. We had like a green colored cassette. Oh wow! So our first run of cassettes like sold out, hmm. and I don't know, it was really weird, like. For some reason, just like the appeal of the color, but also like, I felt like music collectors value that kind of stuff, right? So there's like the Calgary Cassette Preservation Society, and they have all these old cassettes of bands from Calgary and other musicians, and we actually made it on there, and they said some nice words about us. Hmm. So it's it's more of like a culture thing too, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, like, I mean, the digital download cool code thing is cool, too, but I think actually just having a physical copy. Yeah. And, like, like my my friend here mentioned, uh, it's cheaper, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like a run of cassettes so is... Because being in a band, like, you gotta... You gotta, like, be self-sufficient. You can't be, like, losing money. Yeah. At least that's the way we see it, you know? We haven't lost much money in this band. We've made it all back. Gas has paid for itself uh food you yeah. know we don't have to sleep on floors anymore we kind of have to share a hotel room, hotel room now but, <laughs> <laughs> so it's come a long way yeah i feel like um like the more that uh like popular music and stuff pushes like the digital music type thing the more that like real music fans are like i want something solid like i want a cassette i want a vinyl i want a cd or whatever and and also, like, audio quality is almost heads and tails better on any one of these things than you get with digital music. Yeah, right? exactly. And, like, with CJSW, like, we, we did the whole mail-out thing where we sent our our, our record out to all the campuses in Calgary. And yeah. Same thing, like, that we've charted on a couple, like, university charts, and it's been really cool to see yeah. to see what we put out, what we worked hard for get recognized on like the weekly earshot charts yeah yeah so are you seeing your music uh being successful in other cities then yeah like like for some reason thunder bay we were like charting in thunder bay (laughs) 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 Uh, where else were we like i can't remember but uh victoria edmonton edmonton winnipeg yeah like just like places we've never like never been yeah but it's cool because like it's very rare to hear of a, you know, I, like I said, I don't like to say we're an indigenous rock band, but we're all from the reserve. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's very different to see. You don't see a lot of like indigenous bands out there doing what we're trying to do. You know, it's hard. It's there's a lot of struggles, and we're actually trying to lead the way in that yeah. and show others back home that it is possible. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So we learned. We learned about. We learned. We learned hard, and uh, just try to reinvent ourselves all the time. Like yeah. I said. Yeah. Cool. Um, so since you guys have toured around like a little bit, um, what what is it about? I guess Calgary's music scene that may be different from other music scenes that you've experienced. Okay, so we played Saskatoon last month, and it was like okay. I'll, I don't want to get political or anything, but <laughs> there's a lot of indigenous people in that province of Saskatchewan. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of street people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of weird encounters, fights or whatever. Or you you kind of like get the, the wrong Im- image of an indigenous person downtown. So when we were in Saskatoon, one of the, I don't know if it was a staff member or just someone from the the city... You can't scratch my foot. That's oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Not caught by a cat. <laughs> but any- <laughs> anyways. <laughs> it's a- that was awesome. Uh, anyways, so I was like, you know, for uh, for Native people, you guys are like really polite. Yeah. And it was like, it made me really think about it. And we just want to, you know, we want to make friends with everyone. And we want to we wanna just, you know, not... Not create a stereotype. Yeah. Know? So, but Calgary is just completely brotherhood, sisterhood. We have yeah. a lot of friends. You know, I'm really close with like uh, Dickens Pub, the Palomino, Vern's. Yeah. Rest in peace, Distortion. Like all these venues, we we have like friendship and family. You know, I can honestly say they're like our family. Yeah. Other cities, it's different. Yeah. You get a really good city or you can get a really bad city. But for the most part, it's been really positive, eh, buddy? Yeah, it has been. Yeah. We went up to, um, what about Banff? Tell them about Banff, how fun that was. Banff, I forgot how cold it is in the night. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we played this uh, smaller kind of venue, and there wasn't that much people to start with. Then we started playing, and on that room that just filled up like that. So it was a Tuesday our, night. Our music, yeah, our music speaks for our, itself in a way you could say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and like, for the most part, we're like, I mean, me, myself, and my guitar player, we're all like, we're like big dudes, like, yeah, and we're not out to pick a fight or anything, but <laughs> we're not like, you know, we're not trying to look for any violence or anything, but I'm sure people don't want to pick a fight with the two biggest guys in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's uh, we just try to be friends with everyone, you yeah. know, and we're not we're not trying to we're not looking for trouble. Yeah, we're not looking for any any bad bad vibes. Cool. Um, so since you did bring up like distortion and stuff, um, it was kind of interesting to see how you know distortion, night owl, and I think it was Mikey's or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They all closed down within like a week of each other, and like people were kind of. I don't know if freaking out is the right word, but people <clears throat> people were concerned, maybe. Like, I guess, what's your thoughts on venues closing down in Calgary like that? Well, it sucks. I mean, I think uh, every, t- every time a venue closes, it affects everyone. And 
when the distortion closed, I was very bummed out about it. And, you know, like, I guess sometimes the inevitable happens. You know, this economy, our, our gas prices are so high. Everything, just the cost of living is high in this city too. So, yeah. you know, it's not, I don't think it's pe not people going. It's just the day and age, you know, yeah. unfortunately, you know. And, I mean, if you're going to go out to go see a band, you're easily going to have to spend up to a hundred bucks, you know, cat fare, food, if you like to like to drink or whatever, cover mm -hmm. charge, merch. So, you know, I don't think it's, I think it's just this, like the economy, economy, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. And like, I really, I think if there's a, you gotta spice up your, your bills, like have, we played a, a show where we had hip hop people, uh, there's like an indie rock band, so you have to have like a mixed bill almost, you know? Yeah. You can't just have punk, 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 metal, metal, metal. It has to, unfortunately, it has to change. You yeah. Know? Unless you get a big international touring band. But like, I mean, I'm not an expert on any of this. I'm just, my opinion, I think, uh, like I've been in the scene, I'm 26 now. I started, my first show was when I was 18, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the day yeah. of my birthday. I played Verns and then uh, I've been around. I wor I've worked at a few venues and I, I really watch what, People like uh, Dickens do and Palomino, they they always have different things, but they also they cater to the community and help people feel welcome. You know, yeah, you got to be creative and you know just make sure everyone feels safe and welcome. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree and with that. Like I said, there's venues come and go, but it it sucks. You know, yeah. Unfortunately, some you got you got to make a decision, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have if you have world class nachos like Burns, you'll survive. <laughs> but, you know, shout out to uh, the Night Owl. Like me and me, Carlin and our old cars, that was where we kind of started from uh, what was the Night Owl Rock for Dollars. Yeah. Shout out to Rock for Dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh but yeah, like Carl said, it's economy. But um you know, I'm glad I played these places. In Calgary, and say I did, and even in Edmonton, I'm, we we started to see it. So I, I asked how like how's DV8, and they said it's gone. I'm like, what? <laughs> like so, it's sad, but then you know times are changing. So yeah. music industry and such, such. Yeah, yeah, and like even for like when we went to Saskatoon, like there was one block, and like all four corners of the block, there was a rock show happening. So it's like. Yeah. You gotta strategize around your shows, you know. Like, we're in Saskatoon. We could have had one big rock show, but all four venues in that area were doing a show. Yeah, it divides the crowd. So I think I don't know. Like, as a promoter, like I can say I'm a promoter because I've helped do Moments Fest. Like, you know, communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, call up. You, you know, don't don't think of it as a competition. You know, think of it as a community building. Yeah. If you're gonna do a metal show, make sure you're the only metal show in town, or at least spice up the bill enough to to make it unique. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the people who are succeeding in, like, succeeding and be able to continue are are the people who treat it that way, like as a community building experience. Or it's not just a show. Like, it's this is a community, and like, like Rocking for Dollars is a perfect example. I yeah. think. Like. 
That is a community of musicians who just enjoy going out and hanging out with other musicians. It doesn't matter what's playing that night. They just like to go hang out with their buds and see them play music. Like, I, I love that uh, it's, it's a place where anyone, well, not anyone, but I mean a musician who wouldn't normally know the process of getting booked at a venue. Hmm. Here's Rock for Dollars, giving them a, a stage, you know, and, yeah. and equipment, you know. Backline's very critical sometimes. Like for us, we have uh, we have my, my forward escape or edge, I mean, and it's hard playing Tetris sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> if you have drums and some amps there, you know, that's that's a pl- that's plus for everyone. Everyone wins there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like... Like, even as a podcaster, I guess, like, Rocking for Dollars opened up my eyes even just to the amount of diversity and cool music that there was in general in Calgary. Like, I didn't know that all this shit was going on. There's so much talent in Calgary. It's ridiculous. 100%. And, like, luckily we never got beer spit in our face there from, like, the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, like, it's awesome. I think just... Everyone's there smiling. I, I mean, I haven't seen anyone have a bad time. Yeah. And I mean, Broken City has like the best burger in Calgary. And yeah. I'll, I'll say that. So, because, <laughs> and the staff there are all cool. BJ is always having a good time. You mm. know, it's it's awesome. And we haven't played in a while. So we got to put that on our calendar, buddy. <laughs> Rock for dollars. We're just going to play one riff for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> time we spun the wheel, we got. Uh... What was that the tequila, hot sauce? Tequila hot sauce? I got Sorry. I got hot sauce. You got tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I performed there one time. Really? Yeah. Um, I was doing like some music for Otter Otter, who is a hip hop. Yeah, guy. yeah, I've yeah, seen him before. Yeah. Um, I used to work with him actually. So he asked me if I could help him, and I did, and we did a thing, and I had to spit beer. In Jenny's face. <laughs> See, I, I want to like. We have some like buddy, and a lot of his friends are they're powwow singers. So mm-hmm. I want to get like a, a crew of them and sign them up so they can perform some music powwow yeah. powwow for the people and yeah really diversify the the night. So yeah, that'd be super cool. <laughs> that's something I'm gonna try try bug some people to do. That'd be yeah. super awesome. Or even if you could get like a night of it or something to like, right? Yeah. Or like a dance. Like we wanted to have. Okay, so we have a song where we wanted to get like some powwow dancers, but we just never followed up with it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it only looked cool like on video. Why <laughs> do? Oh, and I went to go see a tribe called Red last night, and oh, it was sick. amazing. Yeah, amazing. Oh wow! I like, I got to have like lunch with them and oh, wow. hang out backstage at the folk fest, and yeah. I got to watch on the side of the stage, and I thought I was so fascinated by. How how much of a crowd reaction there is when people are dressed up in their their regalia, like just having a good time. So yeah. I just wanted to plug that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're extremely talented. Oh yeah, and like they make some very unique music while still incorporating like traditional set. Yeah. Like so cool, so cool. Um, do you guys <laughs> um, does your like heritage and background ever bleed into your music at all? Or yeah, well, I mean, uh, we. Okay, so we have a song. It's called The Sand Hills. It's about this haunted... I don't know. I don't want to say it's haunted, but it's very sacred. It's a site back home. And 
you know, it's about, uh, what is the sad house about, like, the devil or something like that, or, what, what would you say? Uh, when we were writing the, when we were writing the lyrics, me and Ty, we said, this, okay, let's write two versions, your version of sad house and my version of sad house, so, it's, it is kind of like the devil, in a way, because we were told not to go there, but yet we go there <laughs> to check it out. <laughs> So we, there's people that have been taken by spirits, and there's a lot of stories of that place. It's just like, how would you say, Carl? Like, that's where there's a lot of energy around there, right? Stuff you see on movies happens in this area. <laughs> it's like legit, and I would recommend anyone go without one of us being there. <laughs> but like, even our artwork, right? The artwork, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a being or a spirit that roams our reserve, like. Yeah. That was the best way to describe it, and a lot of our older people, they tell us don't walk around at night because you're gonna see this thing or something might happen. And I, we like we all like I, I I try I truly acknowledge and believe there are spiritual beings that walk this reserve, you know. Yeah. And you know the term haunted, I'll use that very loosely. I've had a, I've been haunted a lot of times, and I'm sure my. He called me the other day. Oh, I just got haunted. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of sacred sites that on our reserve. You know, a lot of places where ceremony happened, and yeah. that's where Treaty Seven was signed in Sixty So a lot of history there. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, true story. Like this last week, I went out uh, with my friend who's uh, who's in. Uh, like in his culture, he's a uh, part of a society down here. So uh, yeah, we took his adopted dad out, and not even fifteen minutes, we lost him. We had to go look for him. Guess he's he was walking somewhere, and it took us about twenty to twenty-five minutes to find him again. <laughs> and it was like one of the worst places to get lost. <laughs> yeah, like and like the land is very sacred. We like you got to respect the land and be respectful and make make offerings like to the river and the water and. So a lot of stuff back home is we, we, we try to respect it, but unfortunately it gets dis- disrespected by some individuals and, you know, these these spirits come up and, you know, kind of give everyone a spook, a little, yeah. That's how I describe it. <laughs> is there any, like, real, like, standout stories that you're willing to share? That, well, like... I mean, like, our guitar player Ty is, like, a super superstitious fella he, I don't know like where he used to stay because they say like the Sasquatch for instance mm. it's in Sixaga I can't confirm it but we've heard it you know yeah. stuff like that you hear yeah. you hear stuff in the trees you know and uh, at night you'll hear like weird noises and it's just it's just like every day for us yeah. you know yeah <laughs> tell him about the human face dog Oh, yeah, and, like, there's even old stories of, like, the RCMP were, like, chasing this... Was it a dog or a guy? It, it's, uh, it was a shapeshifter. It, it yeah. was, like, uh, it changes into a coyote, it changes into human, and then, you know, it has a dog face looking inside the house, and it's in there. You could probably go back and find it in the reports or something like that, but nowadays, here, they, they wouldn't necessarily report it because... Or it'll get relocated here, so. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot. It's very common to hear encounters or stories from 
like our elderly people back home or people we know and yeah just like random things happen sometimes so hmm. it's very common yeah spooky at the same time interesting <laughs> um so you guys are about to release a single yeah yeah we got, okay so uh same thing we were on the promotion train for our new single it's called the burning and uh buddy wrote it cool we uh he gave it to us we made it our own we we put our touch to it and uh, we recorded on analog we didn't have a computer touch any of this music and uh it was hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh you could add more to that right we to be honest we did it in three takes uh who's who was the uh who was, was, was his name again at the studio? Uh, Ian, um, Ian Dillon, Electric Revival. Had to plug his name. Shout out to him. He did a really good job on this. And he, uh, yeah, he, I think he had like seven minutes he left. And then, so we had to work with that. Took three takes and then overdubbed. So probably two and a half hours. Yeah. Get it done. Like, uh, this uh, console he had was probably from the 70s. Yeah. And it was all analog. Uh, we had, yeah, he had like six minutes left on his reel for tape. So if we messed up, we had to re- delete what we recorded and redo it. Yeah. So I, I'll admit, I got frustrated because there were just little bits and pieces of the song where I was like, oh, I can't play it right. Yeah. But then when we finally got it, we were happy and we were comfortable with the final product. Of the drums and then these guys did the rest and i had to like step out and like cool off <laughs> but it was cool because like he in a way he almost like he didn't really he, we didn't say produce us but just as a, a, a musician who's been doing it for so long he helped us like in ways he didn't even need to help us in yeah you know? so he did help us a lot and i feel I'm not a studio musician. I don't. I don't see myself as an expert player or anything. I don't watch like I. I never even had a practice in my life of drums. So to, to be able to record on analog and see how see how long I see how far I've come, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And to see my my uh, my band like the guys do a remarkable job. It was very humbling. Yeah. Because I mean, if you you can chop that up on Pro Tools and do take by take by take by take and yeah. crop it all together but this was all this was the real deal yeah yeah that's cool and uh yeah like we're gonna so what we're gonna do is we're gonna release it on august 1st if it's if this podcast is out by then check it out on itunes and spotify it'll be available on bandcamp and we're gonna reissue our dark spirit ep with this single we got some art, artwork done for it. It's going to be on like a Power Ranger blue uh, set. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. Like just because you got to keep yourself. You can't like sit on our album for two years. At least we can't. We want to keep being consistent in our, our merch table. Yeah. So we always have like three designs of shirts, different stuff to give out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's cool that you're doing like a reissue with that, with the cassette. It almost makes it like uh, like an Iron Tusk collector's item. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like... yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like we have some really committed people that support us. Like 
for the EP when we put it out, I mailed uh, copies out to Germany, oh, France, cool. a bunch of places in the States, all over the country. So people like cassette. And so hopefully we keep that uh, cassette flow, that cassette train flowing. Yeah. That's like still, that's so interesting <laughs> to me is that the, like the revival of cassette tapes, it's something that I never thought would happen when I was listening to cassettes on my Walkman and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's super awesome. Yeah. Um, so was there anything that was like really, I guess you said you kind of got frustrated with the recording process, but was there anything that was really challenging about um, recording this single or? Not really, no. no. I think I think for for the most part, we we just had a good time. It was we recorded it the day after Easttown Get Town, so we're all pretty tired. But other than that, like you, you're there, you're like this is how I see studio. You're paying money to be there to work, not to hang out. Yeah. So we were just there to work. You know, we had it all scheduled out. As tired as we were, we were there to you know further the band. I guess. Yeah. Unless unless I don't know, buddy. Did you have any struggles in the studio? Uh, other than being uh, hungover, um, <laughs> three hours of sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sunburned. I did it. I got the job done. I did the vocals because I'm amazing. And uh, <laughs> we got it done. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a he had a he had a nice night out the night before. So <laughs> he 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 championed it through. Cool. Um, is there anything about the recording process that you guys like really enjoy? Like that's maybe your favorite part about recording or I think like for me hearing back like the first the first like rough mix of the song. Yeah. Makes me feel excited. Like when we were done, he burned a CD for us and we were like jamming to the song all the way home and just feeling proud, I guess. And like he did a really good job on this mix. Like, the rough copy we got already felt like it was enough, good enough to release. Yeah. So when we got the master about a month back, it sounded even more amazing. Yeah. Because you could hear everything in the, you could hear, like the bass tones, the guitar, everything, and uh, and like yeah, it's always exciting to get back your final master and yeah. like the weight, the anxious weight. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy. Um. Yeah, we just, uh, it's good to listen to it back because there's a lot of stuff we could, we could have done better. Like, uh, the, like everything sounded good. You can hear everything. But, uh, you know, like they say, a song's never finished. And, uh, like, all our, all our songs, like, they're, we're, they're always different when we play them live. Yeah. They're always, you know, five minutes or we extend to ten minutes. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's a fun song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and even like uh, like Buddy had mentioned, it's not the end of the line for your recording for your, for your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like just a footstep. Yeah. It's a footprint of how you can improve next time. So in our next time, we'll know the do's and don'ts kind of. You mature along the way. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, we could have we just recorded it live off the floor in our buddy's basement, but we wanted to actually... Step out of our comfort zone, I guess, and record analog and go that route. That's cool. Yeah. It's also really cool that uh, you guys do change up the songs from the recorded uh, versions. I really appreciate bands who do that. 
because I think that like if I wanted to hear the song exactly how it was recorded, your phone died. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, cool. I had enough of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I wanted to hear exactly the song how it was recorded, then I would just listen to the CD at home. Right? You know what I mean? Like we played McHugh House Friday night. It was so hot. It was so loud. Everyone was standing outside watching us play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was loud. Like, I just bought this giant cymbal from Vancouver, and uh, it's loud and it has a good bang to it. Yeah. So, and, like, we we tend to... Our song, Dark, Water, Dark Waters, like, we'll jam... Like, we jammed it out for 20 minutes one time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, because I'm... You know, I don't know why I'm the leader of the song, but, like... There'll be times where I just keep extending it and see how 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 much endurance uh, Ty and Buddy have, and how much endurance the crowd has. Yeah. So it's always it's you'll you'll you always expect something different at an Iron Tusk show. Yeah, that's really cool. Like I said, I super appreciate bands who do do that because, um, yeah, like and it's cool that like it's also a cool skill to have like bands who can just jam off of each other and keep that shit going like that is so impressive to me like because i don't think i would ever like be there but like yeah that's super super cool <laughs> yeah like you gotta like roll with the roll with the punches as they say like yeah for me it seems like when i play either if it's not a stick breaking it's a drum head breaking or something crazy breaking. Yeah. So you just got to keep improving. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, okay, we opened for CKY last uh, June, and I, I played without a kick pedal. And yeah. It was like the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> but I was like, hey, this is like one of the biggest shows we're playing, so we got to make sure we finish our set and just have fun. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know. Yeah. You can't crumble when you're on, on stage. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you just got to keep going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like we've had a lot, like. Just to highlight some of the shows we've played in the past couple of years, we were lucky. We were luckily lucky to open up for Red Fang back in uh, January. Yeah, one of my favorite bands, and just seeing a band like Red Fang come to Calgary, still in a van, loading their own equipment, and then like you see them on a big tour with like Mastodon or at a big festival. You know, it's always cool. It's always humbling to see bands you really love and share the stage with them you know yeah uh we've also got to we play yeah we, that was the, the big winter classic that bj helped put on okay and like we've just been a part of a lot of really cool shows mm -hmm. we played a lot we had a release party at the palomino like i mentioned and that yeah. was a lot of fun too yeah so we're always we're always trying to be open to everything yeah yeah and like how do you go about like like landing these shows do they kind of just like fall into your laps or do it's you... half and half yeah if we really want it or if we really want to build a show well we have enough friends to you know put a show together yeah or we'll get like a touring band and they'll, they'll need a live show they'll need a place to play yeah and we'll we'll set it up we'll help set it up or if we want to go on tour we, we have enough friends to help us out too so it's a combination of that. You gotta you gotta make yourself available. Yeah. And we like at first we didn't want to play Calgary too much, but now we're like, let's play what we can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
I guess do you find that if like you play too much in one spot that people become uninterested or like, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Well, for us, it's a lot different because we don't have the luxury of living in Calgary. Yeah. We're a local band that's not living in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like for us, like I said, we have to structure our whole day around it. Like, yeah. you know, pick, picking up Buddy, picking up Ty. I have to like leave hours before we're even supposed to play. Yeah. So it's like, you really gotta. I guess if we were to play every weekend, it'd be kind of get, get tired much. of it, you know, yeah. too much. Or yeah, not if I had the chance to play every weekend, I would. But yeah. Just just booking a show on a Friday night can be a long day. Yeah. And especially, I do a lot of like work back home, so yeah. I'm always busy myself. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, especially, like, yeah, if you have to do a full day of work and then it takes you like. A couple hours to get ready for a show, and then yeah, that's a long day. Like, By the time I'm getting home to my bed, it's already been an 18, 20 hour day. Yeah. And sometimes my uh, my daughter likes to wake up and stay up late, so yeah. it'd be really long, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess uh, since you do have a child, um, <clears throat> Are you trying to kind of like instill a love, like a love of music in her or? Oh, of course. Yeah. I think like for myself growing up, my mother, she wasn't too supportive of my music because of the content and like, I mean, you don't want to be hearing blast beats and death metal and all that other crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. But I want my, my, my child to, to know that her parents support her and whatever she does musically I'll I'll be there to help in any way you know I think if she wants to play drums I'll, that's a jackpot but <laughs> even if she wants to play piano or anything classical I'll I'll support it yeah I think if you have a if you have supportive parents that are stoked on what you're doing that's that's all the right recipes for a, a good musician yeah you know that's a perfect world for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately you know a lot of our parents don't support what we're doing like why why are you going why are you going somewhere to get paid twenty dollars or yeah you know what i mean so yeah i think for me i want i wanted uh i'm not gonna be too bummed out if she's not a musician but you know it's an added bonus i guess yeah <laughs> but music's always playing i have spotify so i always have something flowing in her ears so and i always have drumsticks like around the house so she's picking up some rudiments at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess, what advice would you maybe give to somebody who may want to get involved with the local music scene, but doesn't quite know where to start? Well, go to Rock for Dollars first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like just build your brand. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the cool things with Iron Tusk is we have a lot of merch and we wouldn't have all that accessibility to merch if we didn't have people we knew. Uh, Twin Bat Sticker Co. is a company based out of Calgary. One of my friends, his name's uh, Corey, he's a one-stop shop for merch. Yeah. So, like, having merch keeps your band uh, sustainable. Like, we played a couple shows where we made nothing at the door. Yeah. But we made, like, enough gas money to get home, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, stuff like that... Uh, 
you know, uh, there's no there's no book that can tell you how to be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no article or there's nothing. Yeah. That can there's no like a how to to be in a band. I yeah. Think. Depends on what kind of a person you are. So surround yourself with people you you like, and if you if you're not into it, don't do it. You know, yeah. don't force yourself to be a part of something you, you don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. You know, uh, the vibe always has to be there, yeah. and just be open. Like for us, uh, there's 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 instances where you play a show. And there'll be a band that like forgot their symbol. So always, always help out if when you can. I've played a lot of shows where there's like a lot of jerks and they're just they pack their stuff after to leave. So stay, stay for the whole show. Yeah. You know, like, or at least one member stays. Yeah. You know, I know we're all. I'm I'm guilty of leaving after a show, but only because it was an emergency. So. Yeah. And have a. At least have a couple people in the band that can drive. You know. A good vehicle or maintain your vehicle if you can. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more worse than breaking down on the side of the highway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's happened a few times to us. And yeah. Like and just, just have a have an open mind. Be don't panic. When something goes wrong, don't panic. One of the things I experienced was uh my ba- my van broke down in Sudbury, Ontario. This was with my punk band, uh, No More Moments, and uh, we had to greyhound it back home, you know? Oh. <laughs> and that was like a very uh, life-changing thing for all of us. Yeah. We did, it, was, it was scary, but uh, for me, I, I, I was just taking it what it was and having fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that you really touched on something that's really important there, is that you should whenever you can like support local yeah like whether it be like for your merch or like whatever because that's just going to strengthen the community that we live in right if you're outsourcing your like whether it be merch or recording or whatever it may be mastering whatever that is going to take away from the community and like what we need is a strong solid community for everybody like, exactly. Yeah. Even like, I mean, I'm sure the podcast industry is the same way, yeah. right? I, I listen to like a lot of wrestling podcasts, and like every, everyone that was at WrestleMania one has a podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like just yeah. supporting each other, plugging each other. Yeah. I'm sure like doing like uh, what are they called when you invade like you invade another show or what are they those podcast? Oh. Uh, like a co-host or something yeah collaborating you know yeah collaborating um fuck, what is that called oh i've heard of it so much but <laughs> yeah. it's just like escaping my head right <laughs> yeah. now but yeah I, I definitely agree like and honestly that's kind of why i even started like this whole podcast at least is yeah. just there's so much cool stuff that's going on in calgary that people don't know about yep and like the music scene is a huge it's like it's so like oh my god i'm constantly blown away by the, by the amount of talent in this city musically yeah like uh my punk band played like uh it's called like sled sled desk refuses or something like that yeah like bands that didn't get on sled like we never applied for sled but we we're like hey let, let's uh let's see if they'll have us on yeah and uh, 
I played with we played with this band. They're called uh, Time Boy. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. <laughs> they were like so amazing. They're, yeah. Like, completely different of what I listened to. Yeah. So like, just go to a show. You know, if you're uh, just starting off, go to shows. Yeah. You know, introduce yourself to bands. Yeah. Because the the scene is friendly. Yeah. It's another thing that has really surprised me is the amount of support and just friendliness that you get from the music scene. At least the cool people in the music scene. If you're getting anything other than that, then those people suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you go to someone's show, don't go to shows that are just your shows, you know? Yeah. Like, go, go, go see a band, go see a friend's band, and chances are they'll go see your band. You know? Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's I, I went to the Folk Fest yesterday. Yeah. Completely different from what I normally go to, and I had a great time. Yeah. You know? So stuff like that, too, just... Step out of what you regularly go to. Yeah, step out. Of, step outside of your comfort zone because usually when you do, uh, that's when you're going to find either super cool things or you're going to grow as a person or something like that. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, and even like uh, even like the house shows are always fun too. Yeah, like Roadhouse Roadhouse Records does like uh, a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, Jesse from Potato Rocket, he has a lot of cool stuff going. And like for us, uh, like the Calgary Beer Corps has been really cool with us too. Mm. I've known known them for some time. Uh, we actually have a show August uh, 9th at Vern's Tavern. We're headlining, so cool. come out if you can. A lot of it's their 14th birthday for the Calgary Beer Corps as well. 14th, yeah, they've been oh. doing shows for quite a while. Oh wow! Yep. Uh, other than that, yeah, just just be stoked. Yeah. And, don't be afraid to tip the bartender for food or if you're drinking, you know, yeah. be safe. Also, don't be afraid to approach the band after they play and tell them that you appreciated their set or that yep. you like their music because nine <laughs> chances out of ten, they will be willing to talk to you and they will be super stoked that you just said that. Like... Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think uh, even for me, like I kind of get a little fanboyish sometimes. I get nervous to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> I still get like that, but... Like ninety nine percent of the time, they're usually stoked to see you. Yeah. You know, even just buy. A, don't be afraid to buy something from the merch table. It goes a long way. Yeah. You know, especially for us, like we're we're not trying to lose money being in a band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, definitely just support local because that ten dollars CD or that fifteen dollars shirt or whatever that you buy from a local band is going to make way more difference to that band than you know going and buying the latest uh katie perry cd or something <laughs> i was trying to think of somebody who's still relevant and like popular and i really struggled there i, I don't even know any nowadays like i hear like all these soundcloud rappers are a big thing now like yeah someone's like something's happening to someone online yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy kind of how the music industry has changed entirely. Yeah. So, um, are there any just kind of final things you want to throw out there? Or? Yeah, uh, well, a lot of a lot of the stuff I want to I wanted to talk about or promote is uh I think I think for the listeners of your podcast, you mm -hmm. know, like I don't want to get political or anything, but you know, there's a lot of people, street people downtown, you see that are indigenous. You know, for me, like, my background's in social work. Just, 
do a little bit of research, you know, residential schools, all the stuff, the 60s scoop, look that up because chances are some of those people are from my community and, you know, the streets is, it's, it's a sad place to be, mm-hmm. but try not to look down on those people, indigenous people, you know, uh, I want to break that barrier, you know, racism, I know racism is really big, but I, I want to create community, you know, acknowledge your territory, you know, Calgary, Blackfoot Confederacy, Treaty 7, that's a big thing. Mm. You know, my people roam these, roam the, the city many, many years and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. I think uh, don't be afraid to ask questions, you know. And like with the, what I'm doing for Moments Fest, I have a lot of people from the city that come out to Sixiga, you know. And I, I like I like their enthusiasm with knowing about the reserves and all that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just keep an open mind to that. I think uh, it's really easy to judge, you yeah. know, unfortunately. And I know there there are some people downtown in, like, the core that do cause a little bit of havoc, but the residential school thing is a big thing in Canada. Mm-hmm. We, I think more people need to know about that. Yeah. Especially, like, for the back home, a lot of, like, back in Sixco, there's a lot of issues but music for like for me what i'm getting at is without music myself and my band we probably wouldn't be where we are without music and yeah. having a welcoming community so we're trying to do that for calgary get out of the city come to our reserve come to sixiga we'll we will cater with bands and we'll teach a little about our little bit about our culture yeah you know stuff like that so yeah for sure so it's always good to build community yeah yeah and I think honestly, it's uh, the time we live in now is one of the best times to start addressing these issues. Yeah. Because, like, you know, in our parents' time and even before that, like, like honestly, I've said it many times before, but like, you can see the shift from our grandparents to where we are, and like our parents are in the middle, and it's just like things are gradually getting better as the generations go on, and we live in one of the most informed and curious times I think that has ever existed. Yeah. Um, and I think people are really willing to, I, they're at least trying. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. And there's so many good organizations out there. Like I really love and respect everything CJSW does. Yeah. A lot of things that major minor does too. Like yeah. Graham, he's always asking me questions and he's always like, he wants to help indigenous youth, you yeah. know? I love that, and I. If I didn't have, if I didn't have that growing up, I don't know where I'd be. You yeah. Know? And so we want to create that for our young people. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, uh, some some kids back home they don't they don't have the luxury of going to a show. So it's like, you know, uh, I don't want to say privilege, but it, it's a blessing to have live music. Yeah. Embrace it as much as you can because you know. A lot of the kids back home don't have that luxury of catching a bus to a show on yeah. a train. I think, you know, embrace it. Embrace the venues, yeah. you know. And I'm not saying it's not happening, but continue to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. And very much appreciate it. Just take the time or the moment to just appreciate what you do have and what you do have access to and all the cool stuff that is going on in the city and stuff. And 
the fact that you're just able to, you have the time on a Friday night to go and see live music makes you probably better off than like 90% of the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so just appreciate that fact, <laughs> you know? So. Especially within Calgary, like they, the city's doing great with like a, a lot of uh, culture stuff for like powwows and stuff. Yeah. You ever see one? Go, 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 go check it out. Yeah. You know, open your mind a little. And, yeah. uh, I'm inviting everyone out to Six Gun Nation for our celebration. We have uh, a two night music festival, all genres. And then we have our uh, traditional powwow. It's happening all August uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th. So if you make the drive out, come out. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Carlin, for being on the show. And thank you, Marty, who is no longer with us. <laughs> yeah, he was FaceTiming us and then my phone died. So. Uh, but thank you very much, guys, for being on the show. I super appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I, I mean, if you want to follow us on social media, Iron Tusk, uh, Six Siga, Instagram, and you'll find us, you'll find like a picture of like, Two big native guys and one small guy, like all smiling. So we're, we're not hard to find. Yeah, and I'll have all of the links in the episode notes for that, all your social media stuff, and everywhere that uh, people can pick up music and stuff. And we'll premiere the burning on this show. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for having us. And yeah, like I said, uh, thank you and for Calgary for those listeners. You know, keep keep the scene alive and. Yeah, I agree. Thank you.
If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.